to the beach, y'all. Let's go. All around the world. Y'all know. This is so, so that. This is McLean Mannix, and you're listening to Pack Center. What up, Wolfpack Nation? It is the host of Pack Center, Garrett Hirschberg, joined by my co-hosts Kevin and Austin. Kevin and Austin, how's it going, guys? You know what's doing? I'm having a pretty good day, Garrett. Thanks for having me again, obviously. Yeah, going pretty good. Thanks for having me. It's looking like a great day. It sure has been a good week for Nevada sports so far as the AP polls came out on Monday, and Nevada is ranked 7th. In the nation, they are ahead of teams like defending national champions Villanova, North Carolina. So I think this is a very good sign seeing that the Nevada Wolfpack is seventh in the nation. But that is something we'll talk about later in the show. But this this past weekend, Nevada traveled to their fifth time zone of the year so far. Nevada football traveled to their fifth time zone of the year and defeated the Hawaii Warriors 40 to 22 in an absolutely good offensive game, a great defensive game as well. And we also later in the show we'll talk about me and Austin went to Nevada Media Day and we'll share that experience with a, plus a few highlights. But g- looking looking back at this Nevada football game, it was a pretty dominant performance by by the Wolfpack on all sides of the ball. And this was something I think I didn't even expect. I thought the over would have hit. The over was 68. Only 62 points. So I, I was a little bit surprised, but Nevada's defense did a very good job of controlling Cole McDonald and uh, that Hawaii offense. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, we were going to – I definitely thought I was going to get hit the over for sure. Um, but I think it just shows how our defense was stepping up. I think we talked about it last week that if our defense didn't step up, I didn't know if we were going to be able to pull out that win. But um, – yeah, our defense played phenomenal. Our offense was hitting on all cylinders, and I think we looked very, very good on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. This is something that we've been waiting for for a while. We've talked on the show for weeks now, is waiting for that you know one game that both sides of the football are going to show up, and I think this was the game. Our offense definitely was there. I mean, Ganji went without an interception for, I think, the first time this whole season, which is amazing in itself. Our defense did step up like they have been in in the past couple of games, but really I love that our offense did step up, you know, putting up 40 on them. Uh, like you said, Austin, we all of us thought this was going to hit the over. Thankfully it didn't, and we were able to come away with a really, really clean win here. We've mentioned on the show that Nevada is eighth, was eighth in the nation uh, in tackles for loss per game, and they, they added to their mark this year, this week. They had ten tackles for loss, and five of those were sacks. Three of those five sacks were were by Corey Rush, and Corey Rush was named defensive Mountain West Defensive Player of the Week. Who can blame him? He had five tackles, three sacks, four tackles for loss. That's one hell of a performance from the defense. Uh, Gabe Sewell also added a sack, and so did Lucas Weber. But I think it's great to see this defense, especially looking at who's who who's left we play. Sure, we play San Diego State. They're not the juggernaut of an offense team as they have been in the past. We play Sandy, San Jose State, which we know how much of a joke they are. Nevada Southern's a joke. Uh, Colorado State's not doing good this year. So I think 
that one. I think the defense is truly sparking the offensive play. Jermon Dotson had nine tackles. Gabe Sewell, seven. Uh, Hasina Sakona had five. So I think it's great to see that the defense is getting pressure. Because this has been something that I think is, Nevada struggled in the past. And it's good to see that we're finally, the defense is clicking. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's something, it's amazing to see that our defense is finally clicking on all cylinders. Um, obviously, in the, in the past couple of weeks, they've been doing all right. They haven't hit the point that they did this past week. Um, and I think just, honestly, for me, it was the offense that really, really shined in this game. Obviously, our defense, we knew they were there. You know, like you said, we were ranked eighth in tackles. So, Tackles for loss per game. Ta- tackles for loss per game. So we were definitely up in the ranking statistically. I mean, it, you, I think one of the big things, like, and you touched on, is the upcoming schedule that we got. I definitely can see us pulling up a couple more wins, especially against, you know, San Jose State, UNLV, and I think we could pull out against San Diego State as well. I think this is really looking very good for us. I think this is the game that, that we really needed to turn around. Obviously, we got rid of all of our really, really hard games against Fresno and Boise those past couple weeks, and now we're on the home stretch. Uh, these are should be easy wins. Um, obviously, we're going to have to knock on wood about it, but I definitely think that this is something these coming weeks is going to be really exciting for football. No, I, I totally agree. Um, I think the biggest thing about this week was our – was our defense? I mean, Hawaii going coming into the week was ranked 15th with the passing with their passing offense and 29th in scoring offensive offensively, and that's nationally. So I mean, for our defense to come in here and you know hold them to 22 points and get that dub, I think I think our defense did amazing. And um, looking at the next couple games, I think we can squeak out a win next week against San Diego State, and I think this was the week that. Our football team can definitely uh, hang our hats on this win and definitely, you know, continue to improve uh, the weeks coming. Although this was a good week, uh, there were some negatives as Nevada did struggle holding on to the ball as Toa Tawa, Caleb Fossum, and Romeo Dubs all fumbled. Actually, no, Toa Tawa fumbled twice, only lost one of them. As a team, they fumbled five times. They've lost three of them. That's you got to work on handling the ball, but also looking at the third down efficiency for this team, for even for this game, Nevada really struggled going three of ten on third downs, while Hawaii went three of fifteen. Uh, sure, three of ten is better than three of fifteen, but thirty percent com- uh, conversion rate on third down isn't very good. And I know this is something that the defense really strives on getting. I know the Nevada defense strives on getting off the field on third down. The Nevada offense should try to continue drives on third down and it's just it's it's difficult to win games when your team doesn't isn't effectively converting on third downs now Nevada did out, uh, gain more yards in Hawaii 481 to 371 which was absolutely huge Nevada had 36 rushes for two uh 220 yards which is an average of six yards a game and you're gonna win a lot of games when you average six yards a run Oh, yeah, definitely, because, I mean, at that point, you run twice, you have the first down. That's uh, something that, you know, Ganji had a pretty good game. Obviously, it's not as, you know, he didn't get as many touchdowns as he usually does. He usually gets two or three. Um, I mean, yards, he didn't throw over 200, didn't even get over 250, just three yards short of that. But I think it was the rushing, like you said, that we just really killed it. I mean, obviously, if you look at Lee, had two touchdowns with himself. Cooks had one. Toa had one as well. So Toa kind of made up for, you know, those two fumbles, only losing one of those. 
but he rushed for almost 130 yards, averaging seven yards a game. And just, you know, collectively as a unit, like you said, we average six yards a game. That's something if you have the running game going, that opens up the passing game and opens up so many different aspects of the field that it's just going to help the offense in general. And it's going to wear that defense down and wore it did to me, it wore that Hawaii defense down, even though we did get stopped a lot on third downs. A lot of those were, you know, we already had drives going at that point or, you know, we were actually driving down the field and, you know, that running game does tire them out eventually. Yeah, I think our offense was did very, very well on Saturday. I mean, you look at Ty at 247 yards, uh, one touchdown, Elijah Cooks. Uh, he had one re- receiving touchdown, one rushing touchdown. I mean, these guys were clicking on Saturday, and I'm excited to see what they do uh, next week against San Diego State. Um, like I said, I mean, if we can just keep putting up points, I think our defense is at that point now in the season where they're definitely they're stopping teams. I mean, we we had four fourth down stops uh, this game. I think that's I mean that's definitely something to say about our defense. So if our offense and defense clicks like they did last week, this week against San Diego State, I think we can pull out that W for sure. Now, one thing to notice, we noted last week on the show, was Ty Angie's mobility. He had two rushes for 13 yards, so it's good to see that he's gaining positive yards because if you look back to the Boise State game, two rushes, negative four yards. So I'm sure the mobility isn't fully there quite yet, but it's good to see that it's there to a certain degree. But I think think he's the reason why I think the offense looks so good. Uh, because of his ability to to make plays happen with his feet. Yeah, I mean, Ty's, Ty, we didn't see, like, those crazy big runs down the field. I mean, what, you said 12 yards? Uh, two, yeah, two rushes for 13 yards. 13 yards. I mean, that's not crazy big run plays, but it's at least if the defense is bringing a lot of pressure, you know, there's going to be a sack, he's going to be able to use his feet, use mobility and run out of the pocket, extend plays, and that's something that we didn't see against Boise State that we saw on Saturday, and that's just a testament to keeping the offense alive, keeping the drive going. Um, Ty's, I think his mobility is getting there. I don't think it's fully 100%, but, you know, the the 13 yards is something that we can look and say, yeah, definitely better than Boise State, so uh, hopefully it continues to get better for San Diego State. One, yeah. Oh. yeah, definitely. I'm sorry here to cut you off. Yeah, I think we live and die, honestly, by Ganji. He is, you know – the oil to this offense and just the team in general. You know, you look when we had the backup in, you know, we just uh, we just did not fire at all the cylinders. We had issues with that. Obviously, he's not 100%, but it's really great to see him even just, you know, attempt to go run, and he's having that confidence to go run, whether he gets the long yards down the field that he usually does in the past uh, or just the, you know, the short ones that we had this last week. It's good to see that he has at least the confidence to get out of the pocket and run a little bit. Yeah, and Cole McDonald was someone we highlighted in the last week's show. He is fourth in the nation in total passing yards, so to only limit him to 259 is not bad. We've seen him put up for for you to have over 2,000, 2,500 passing yards this far into the season is still impressive. Now, one thing Nevada did not do very well was uh, cover John Yersua. He had a big touchdown run. He is first in the nation in receiving yards with 1,013, and he had seven receptions for 123 yards and a touchdown against the Nevada defense. I think um, – I thought I thought the DBs were going to be a strong suit coming into this game, but 
I think John Rasua just uh, killed Nevada. He had a nice little seam route uh, touchdown where he just basically split the defense. Uh, it was a Tampa 2 defense, and he just ran a uh, seam route right through the middle. Couldn't stop him, but I think that's one thing Nevada will look at in film and practice, and now, now we learn how to stop it. It's a good thing we don't have to face him again this year. Yeah, I mean, going up against Cole McDonald, I was I was worried about our DBs for sure. I mean, we had that 70-yard touchdown pass at the end of the first quarter we gave up. I just I was worried the entire game about our DBs, but I think that they were they were able they were able to step it up at the end of the game. Um, going into San Diego State again, it's how we're going to be able to we're gonna, how we're going to be able to play defense against the pass. And if our DBs won't be able to step up, uh, then it's going to be a long Saturday for sure. I think I also looking at it, I think uh, if Nevada's if Nevada can continue the success it gets with its pressure and its defense, I think Jeff Castillo is going to be a very very happy man. But looking ahead uh, to this week, we do face San Diego State in the second to last home game of the year. It it is special. But before we talk to the game, Nevada on Monday unveiled new uniforms. They are a uh, in page homage to uh, Nevada Day, which is this Friday, uh, and they are an all-silver uniform with pack script on, I believe, the right side of the helmet and a little Nevada Day decal on the other side. And this is something different because uh, we're used to seeing uh, on the other side of the pack decal, it's the player's numbers. Instead, it's this Nevada Day decal. This is the first alternate uniform we've seen with the pack obviously last year we had the the battleborn helmet when we played nevada southern but we no alterations to the uniform so i think it's very cool to, to see jay norvell step step outside his comfort zone and get a different uniform yeah definitely i agree props to adidas for you know whoever designed this jersey because i think this uniform is just fire it is a you know nice refresher from you know the basic you know almost practice jerseys that we've been wearing all season long so and i i really love what they're doing with nevada day and how they're you know really getting into the spirit for it um i really loved that you know it's kind of paying homage not paying homage but it reminds me a little bit of what we did last year when we played UNLV with you know Battleborn I really love that anything we do incorporating our state which I think we should do more when it comes to designs and you know uniforms and just hats off to Adidas for finally doing this um I know it's only a small part of the game it doesn't really affect anything but you know it's you know the old saying is you look good you play good Yeah, so the, looking at the uniforms, they are the gray um, with the same what upper as what we had with the blue uniforms. I don't, really don't know how to describe it, but it's just typical, typical Adidas. So uh, it's gray uniforms, white, white writing, uh, and then they got some side special gloves. I don't know. They announced it on Twitter, and this is just all we're going off. I bet it's going to look even cooler on the field. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see because Nevada uniforms, when they wear the blue ones, kind of hard to tell the numbers like especially from the press box so hopefully because this is gray it's a lighter color maybe it'll be easier to see i don't know but uh this game against san diego state is on saturday night 7 30 p.m honestly i think nevada has a shot at beating them uh san diego state comes into this game as two and a half point favorites san diego state is six and one on the year with their only loss being to in week one against stanford so, what are your guys' thoughts on this game? 
Yeah, I think even though we're not the favorites and uh, San Diego State 6-1, and one, I mean, we all know what San Diego State can do as a football team. Um, year in, year out, they're, they're up there in the Mountain West. But with all that being said, I think – Personally, I think we're gonna ha- we're gonna take the W on Saturday, and that's just because of how we've been playing going into the game. Um, our defense is finally stepping up, and our offense is clicking now that ties back. I think, it's, and and the game being at home, um, I think we can come away with the W. We've been playing really good football up until this point. And I think it continues on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if you honestly just look at the last game when they played San Jose, they barely squeaked out a win against San Jose State, who's probably the most laughable team in the Mountain West Conference. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, their offense isn't as great as it once was. We used to always talk about San Diego State having this high-powered offense, high-scoring offense, and they're just not like that anymore. I think it's dwindled, especially towards the later half of the season. I mean, they're they're, – knew the quarterback, you know, only threw for 86 yards and only attempted 11 passes throughout the whole game against San Jose State. They're more of a run offense, but even with that, only one guy had a touchdown. Only one guy over, averaged over five yards a carry. A lot of their points came from their kicker, who ended up having 10 points. I mean, he was three for three with that with a long of 51. So I think it's their offense doesn't know how to get down to the red zone and score, which I think our defense really needs to take advantage of, you know, their inability to score in the end zone, especially off a, coming off a, an embarrassing win against San, San Jose State. When you barely win against San Jose State by three points, it's kind of embarrassing. I can kind of expect them to have a rebound against us, but I think there's a great opportunity if our defense can hold them to these field goals and our offense and Ganji. Uh, fire on all cylinders. Yeah, but coming looking at San Diego State of years past, they've always been a run-heavy team, whether it's Donnell Pumphrey, Rashad Penny, and other running backs who have killed, killed the Nevada team. But one thing to obviously note is, sure, the offense might not, not, might not be great, but this is probably the best defense Nevada will face uh, if for this whole season. Like, their defense is stellar. They don't allow a lot of points. They allow under 20 points a game. And so I think it will be a real test to see how this Nevada team handles this uh, San Diego State defense. I think it will be tough. Uh, if the, if Ganji can get going against a very stellar defense, I think uh, there's no way – there's no way I don't think San Diego State's offense can, keeps up, can keep up with this pack, this pack air raid. Like their quarterback only has 876 yard passing yards on the year in comparison Genji has 18 1883. So he has literally 1000 more passing yards and triple the amount of passing touchdowns. So I think if 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 Nevada can get the offense going, that'd be great. But one thing to note is San Diego State's defense is so tough. They allow under 100 yards rushing per game. So I think if Nevada is going to be able to has to utilize their running backs in space, be able to get Toa Tau the ball, let him get going, let the start, and then you set up, that will set up the rest of the offense. We saw that against Hawaii, like the offense, the offense was really based on how good the running game was. Toa had a bunch of big runs. He had Devontae Lee with two rushing touchdowns. Elijah Cooks had a 40-yard rushing touchdown. So I think these this offense all hinges on how the Nevada game will do, and it'll all depend on how the union does in the trenches. I really think it's going to come down to Ganji. Uh, obviously, they have one of the better uh, rushing defenses in you know the nation and always have been. They're a tough defense. But even looking at it coming last week against San Jose State, 
their defense gave up 215 yards to their starting quarterback and let them throw for over 36 times and had a pretty decent completion rating, almost, you know, only completed less than, did not complete um, only 10 passes. So I think it, it's going to come down to Ganji and seeing what he can do. Obviously, we can drive up the field, but it all comes down to like what we talked about, that we suffer in the third downs is we need to convert those and we need to know how to get down in that end red zone and actually score touchdowns and just instead of putting up field goals. If we get into a field goal kicking match with San Jose State or, or not San Jose State, San Diego State, then I think it may go in favor of them. But if we can squeak out and, you know, get a touchdown or two, I think we can come away and win this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <clears throat> how much it – it comes down to how much time uh, Ty is going to have in the pocket, and if the pocket does collapse, you know if he's going to be able to run outside, how how his mobility is going to do. I think our run game is going to be huge, like Garrett said. Um, we're going to have to set up that passing game. Um, their defense is strong, like you guys have been saying. Their defense is real strong, but I think our team offensively and defensively is hitting on all cylinders this time in the season, which is a perfect time to be hitting on all cylinders, um, especially with the game being at home. I think Ty's going to have a monster game, and I think our defense is going to be able to step up. Now, if you look at San Diego State's defense in comparison to the rest of the nation, they are the 14th best defense in regards to yards allowed per the whole season. They've allowed 2,148 yards on the season, which they average. They give out about 4.6 yards a play. And Nevada's already faced one of the best defenses in the nation in Fresno State. They're ranked 10th in the nation. So I think Nevada knows what it needs to do. This game, the Nevada-Fresno State game was close at halftime, but it really showed, we, we, we talked about it, it showed how much they missed uh, Ganji. And one of the, uh, Boise State has a really good defense, and Nevada hung around with them. It was, they, Nevada was winning at a point. I think Nevada, Ganji, and this offense can't commit crucial turnovers. Remember, those, they had a couple red zone picks, red zone turnovers. And then you look at the fumbling issues last week, I think that will be the key to this week's game, not turning the ball over and forcing some turnovers on a weak offense. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, the turnovers are an obvious um, point of weakness. But I think going into the game, especially in the weeks prior, our offense hasn't been the, the aspect of the team that we've been worrying about. It's more been the defense. And I think this week it's kind of flipped. I think our defense is going to be strong. But like you guys have been saying, it's how our offense is going to be able to come out of the gates and score against this uh, the San Diego State defense. I think we're going to be able to be we're going to be able to do that with Ty uh, slinging the ball. But um, I'm excited and I and I'm really confident going into this game. So, what are your guys' predictions for this game? Gosh, I don't know. I keep going back and forth on this. I think uh, I think we're going to squeak out with. A uh, twenty to seventeen win. We're gonna squeak out with that field goal. Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking we're gonna squeak out like a twenty four twenty one win. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a field goal or a touchdown. You know, twenty one fourteen. But I think it's gonna be a lower scoring game than we've been predicting in the past. Um, it's all about how our defense is gonna be able to do and if our offense can put up points. Yeah, I'm a, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I think Nevada by a field goal. I think it's. Neither team or neither team is going to score above thirty points. If so, then something's truly wrong with San Diego State's defense. But I'm I think Nevada does come away with the win. We are four and four on the year. 
We are two games away from becoming bowl eligible, which I think would be huge for the second year in the Norvell era. But make sure to come out and support the team. There are very few games remaining. This game is being televised on ESPNU. So it will be a good game to come out to watch Nevada if you're not in the Reno area. Uh, make sure, make sure to support. Uh, and after that, uh, we're gonna take a quick break right now. And after that, we'll come and talk about some basketball. break and thank you to, for listening to us on whichever platform you may be listening whether it's itunes soundcloud wolfpack radio we appreciate the support jumping into basketball i don't know whether to judge nevada as the seventh ranked team or the dead last team according to eric musselman like if you look at if you listen to eric musselman's press conference following the washington state ex, a washington exhibition game he said Nevada is one of the worst defensive teams in the nation. So I don't know where to go with this team. Yeah, I mean, it, the words were hurtful, <laughs> Garrett. The words were hurtful. Um, listening to the post-game press conference, Must had some choice words, like you said, ranking us last in the whole nation defensively, saying that, you know, we're not a top-10 team. The preseason hype means nothing. Um but yeah, I mean, there's those were two different teams. Those the preseason hype that we've been getting ranked number seven in the ESPN uh, ranking. Um, but that was definitely a different team than we saw um, on Sunday against Washington. So um, it's interesting to say the least. I don't know how to rate them either at this point. Yeah, it's it was kind of disappointing to see that we ended up losing by and by so much. Um, I think. I don't think this is anything particularly new with our defense. Obviously not to this extent, but we've, in the past, last year, we had a problem with defensives, and that's one of the main criticisms of our team and maybe a little bit why we weren't we didn't crack the top five is because we last year we did not have a very solid defense. A lot of our wins just came off of our high-scoring offense, and that's how we barely squeaked out those wins in the tournaments and came up just short against Loyola. Um, but it definitely it wasn't to this extent that we just played. Um, I don't know if it's the lack of, you know, the fact that we're still trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be playing where, and we have, you know, so many different guys that can play and managing who's going to play when. I don't know if it has anything to do with that. I know Musselman said that that's literally all they're going to be working on is defense this week, and just hearing him just in that press conference, it was kind of – not disappointing it was just it kind of it sucked honestly just hearing him he was so frustrated that you know we have this 
so much hype. We have so much expectations this season. This is definitely, even though this is just an exhibition game, it's not the way to start it off. Nevada uh, Nevada played 10, 10 people this game, and I think this will be the last time we see 10 people on the court in a Nevada game. I expect Nevada will trim their rotation down to seven. But what's interesting is you look at the, what Nevada has. Nevada's starting lineup on Sunday was Caleb, Cody, Jordan, Caroline, Jordan Brown, and uh, Trey Porter. One thing you don't see in this roster is a lot, there's no three point shooting. Caleb, sure, Caleb's a good shooter, but he's not like he's not the three point specialist like what we've had with uh, Kendall Stevens and Marcus Marshall in years past. So I think it'll be interesting to see how what what adjustments Nevada makes to get three point shooting. Whether it's you take uh, Jordan Brown off and put like Jazz Johnson, Nisre Zuzwa. I think I think that's something that needs to happen because like sure Nevada has size, but with spreading the ball, like there's no like it's pretty much just all like you go ISO ball and then post up to one of the bigs. So I think having Jordan Brown and Trey Porter starting. Is kind of redundant. Like they're both similar players, and I think Jordan Caroline is better suited for the college four position because he, he doesn't really have a three point jump shot. I know he's been working on it, but it's not consistent enough to play the three ball. Uh, yeah, I I totally agree. Um, we saw Trey Porter and Jordan Brown starting. Something I didn't see though, I don't think Trey Porter touched the court in the second half. He started the game, but played very uh, limited minings, minutes in the second half. Coach Must said he was experimenting with lineups and whatnot. And I think I think that's something we're going to see throughout the season. Um, like you said, Garrett, I think this is the very last time we see this amount of people playing on the court. Um, you know, a ten man rotation. I must said it himself. He'll play five mi- five men forty minutes if it means that we're gonna win. Um, playing on Sunday, that twenty point loss, um, that was it was just horrible to watch. And I think that's a cus- and that that attributes to Trey Porter seeing limited minutes in the second half, um, trying to get a more of a shooting offense out there. I mean, he was throwing Corey Henson out there, um, Jazz Johnson, Israel Zuzwa, all those people were were seeing the court from a more uh, for for a smaller lineup. I mean, I think we even saw we saw like Jordan Caroline running the 5 for like just a couple minutes in the game just to see if how short and how small of a lineup we could go, which was very interesting to see. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the last game we see 10 guys. That's not something that Musselman usually does anyways. Um it's it's not necessarily a lack of trust. Um it's just he really prefers just you know running a six to seven guy rotation instead of ten like I said earlier it I think it a little bit had to do with the fact that you know we have so many guys that can actually play where in past seasons we didn't have that we didn't have the bench that we have now so it's a little bit of figuring out you know how are we gonna you know limit some of these guys on minutes when you know they could easily be getting more minutes and it's just finding that unit I mean one thing we can kind of take away from this game is I think probably the guy who stood out the most to me was Caroline. Had a fantastic game going, you know, five for nine and one of two of the three point, and, you know, ended up having eight rebounds and totaling 21 points. Um, he, from the very start in the first half, was just dominating the game. Uh, it took the Martin Twins a little while to eventually start getting up, but Caroline had a very, very strong game. Um, and even before this game, I could guarantee he was going to be in that six-seven guy rotation when we cut it down. But it's it's really great to see that 
his senior year is starting off really well. Um, I'd like to try to see some positives and things, you know, look on the bright side of life. And Caroline definitely was the bright spot yesterday. Looking at, I think the most impression, one of the most impressionable people here was uh, Trey Thurman. I think he had a really good game, put on a lot of work in the offensive rebounding, had a very nice putback dunk. But I think it's just interesting to see because no, look, you looked at Nevada's team last year. They lived with Kendall Stevens shooting threes. He broke the record, Mountain West record, for most threes in a season. And I think by him having to shoot, by him shooting, that opened the floor for the rest of the team. And meanwhile, like you know, you know Caleb is gonna be the star focal point to guard. Caleb's Caleb should expect to see every team's best defender at one point throughout every game. And so it'll be interesting to see like like what rotations must makes like and it, it just I know it's a preseason game. I know it's an exhibition game, but like, it didn't seem like Nevada hustled. Nevada Eric Musselman built this team on hustling for loose balls, getting rebounds, and running the floor. Those are things we didn't see in this game. So it would be interesting to see how practice goes. I understand defense heavy, but I you you have to like I don't think you can teach hustle. No, um I totally agree. It was I I I get that it was a charity game and we wanted to see how many you know, we wanted to see our different lineups, different looks, different offenses we could throw out there. But I mean, watching that game you you get a sense of just complacentness. And it's pre. I mean, that's our first game. You should come out full, full cylinders firing. You should, you should come out wanting to kill the other team that you're playing. It's your first time playing another team, and it just looked like we didn't, we didn't care. We didn't want to win. I mean, to me, that was it was a blowout loss, and uh, it was it was something that was very disappointing. And like you said, I don't, I don't even know what lineup we're gonna see next game. Um, I can guarantee you that we're not going to see as many lineups against San Francisco State as we did on Sunday. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't really know who's who he's going to throw out there, if he's going to go small ball or if he's going to play Jordan Brown and Trey Porter again. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes against San Francisco State. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I don't think, uh, talking about lineups, I don't know if we're going to see much from Trey Porter again. It was just Unfortunately for the guy, it was just it was a really really bad game for him. Um, obviously, he could prove something in you know practice. I think honestly, if you look at it in different light, um, maybe not to the extent that we got beat, but we did kind of need to have this loss. I think honestly, I'd rather this loss right now than you know literally a month or two down the line during the season. But I think this is something that's gonna get it's gonna snap the team because the whole summer. And the spring, we were living up this hype of, oh, my gosh, we got the Martin Twins back. We got Jordan Brown. Caroline came back. This is amazing. Um, talking about speculation, or oh, are we going to be in the top five? Things of that nature. Just so much speculation and so much, you know, hype that I think this game did really ground us a lot and brought us back to earth. I mean, just looking at Musselman, you know, after the, after the game, it just he was very – distraught and just frustrated and demoralized a little bit whereas you know we saw in the scrimmage he was so excited so you know the silver and blue scrimmage it was so much hype it was so amazing I think this is something that hopefully a couple months down the line we're going thank god we lost that game you know that really you know started us started us it started us with off with a loss but hopefully it you know allows us to you know get back to what we used to do last year and just focus on running, you know, get that conditioning in and 
quit worrying about, you know, we're a top 10 team and don't worry about those things. Play like how we're supposed to play. Play our game. Don't rise to level. Oh, we have to play to this, you know, number seven in the nation, you know, ability. Just play your game. Looking at this thing and being there for the press conference, it was it was tough to watch. Like it was tough to watch Musk like trying to like talk to the media, even though like he know he knew how bad his team played. Musk, uh, some things Musk said. Washington had the three best players on the floor. That's kind of hard to debate. Like they they had the leading scorer. Their their players just played better. He also said this was the worst home performance he's had since he's been here, which I think like kind of stings a little bit because. We are Nevada is really good at home. We lost one home game last year, so I think that's one thing that's gonna I sting for a bit until the regular season plays, and then hopefully by the time we by the time the regular season comes, Musk will have a different attitude when it, with this team. Yeah, I mean, watching the press the or the post game press conference, it was it was more like a disappointed parent than just a, a coach that was mad. It was more he they, I mean they were asking him if, you know, if he was expecting this, what he's going to do now, blah, blah blah. And it was more just him saying, "I don't know." He was more lost, he was disappointed. Um it was weird to watch Must not mad, but more just at, at loss for words and disappointed in his team. Um I think it's something, I mean, last year, I think after our exhibition against Stanislaus State, um we killed him by like 20 points and he came to the podium saying that we're like a middle of the pack bottom tape Mountain West team and that was last year so this could just be a little bit of a tactic um you know going to the stand and saying that you know our team is bad our team's not doing good while well, well, trying to get them um you know ready for the season and that mindset but it either way if it is just a tactic or if this if that's truly what he felt either way it's not a good sign for Nevada basketball yeah, definitely. It kind of it it did sting just watching him sit up there and like Austin you said, you know, it's kind of weird that not seeing him mad and not seeing him really emotional about it. He was just distraught and didn't know what to do. And I think you said it perfectly. It honestly it seemed like a dad just, you know, at a loss for words and just the classic line, "I'm not mad, I'm disappointed," you know, type thing. And I think it it just goes back to this Muslimman has he's so invested in these guys, especially the Martin twins and Caroline. He's been here. He's basically been a father figure to a lot of these guys and probably hopefully for the new guys hopefully becomes that figure for them he gets so emotional with them and on a personal level that he feels that personal connection with them and it's kind of tough as a parent just to watch your kid just go and not know what to do and just honestly disappoint you and you almost feel disappointed with yourself that you didn't prepare them enough and I feel like he kind of took some fault into that too. Just the, the his demeanor, he was very, I think, disappointed in himself too. That he knew that maybe he needed to prepare these guys even more. Hopefully, this is the one you know, do over that we get and the one chance before the season actually starts that we can figure this out and we can just hit the ground running. But this week, we definitely need to figure some things out, and it'll hopefully show when we play San Francisco State and eventually when we play BYU. So looking at let's, – let's switch to a more positive note. On Friday of last week, it was announced that ESPN released their top 25. We were four, but that's not the official one. The official one is the AP top 25, and that was released Monday. We mentioned it earlier in the show. We mentioned it just a few minutes ago. 
We are seventh in the nation. And here's how the rankings show out. Kansas, one. Kentucky, two. Gonzaga, three. Mid-major love, Gonzaga. Four is Duke. Five, Virginia. Six, Tennessee. Seven is our Nevada team. Eight, North Carolina. Nine, defending national champions, Villanova. Rounding out the top ten, you got Michigan State. Some other notable teams is you have Oregon at 14, Syracuse at 16, Michigan at 19. Michigan was in the finals last year. 20, it's, 20 is in uh, TCU, a team we played last year in uh, Los Angeles. 21, UCLA, LSU 23, and Washington at top, 20, top 25 team. We knew coming into this game it would be a tough game against Washington. Washington, we we thought they would be 18, they're 25. So that's something that I think we it was two top 25 teams playing, and we normally don't see that in preseason basketball. Yeah, I mean that's why I was I was so excited to get out to the game and watch because I knew this was two top 25 teams. Um, but it's it's definitely interesting seeing you know Nevada your your uh, your college being ranked. Um, ahead of you know the defending champions Villanova you have being ranked ahead of North Carolina I think it's just showing what our team has turned into uh, during this must era you know I mean we're a top 10 team now preseason but still we're a top 10 team which I mean four years ago you look at our basketball program and we're nowhere close to that when must took over Um, I think it's just a testament of how he builds his culture how he built a winning culture here in Nevada, and um, it was de- it's definitely interesting to see where uh, we've been ranked. Yeah, it's it's a great change, honestly, to see the fact that you know we are finally getting some love and honestly, respectfully that we do. Um, especially you know, obviously talking about that Washington came here even to play us. That's something in and of itself is kind of amazing, even though it was an exhibition game. Um, yeah, it's definitely something we don't see is two top twenty five you know, playing in the preseason. Um, but I think all, all in all, it was, it's a good thing. Whether we have the loss or not, it's something good for the university in itself that we have a Washington team coming to play us. And hopefully we can have the success that we do. You know, we can have more of this and have, you know, more, not necessarily more exciting games, but more, you know, high intense, you know, high stakes games at Lawler. And I think, I don't. I don't think anyone would have thought that in Musselman's time here, and this is now his fourth, fourth season here. He would have his team being top twenty-five, top ten in the nation, and it just shows like how how much of a good recruiter he is. What he does in player development, like he takes, he takes these players who are transfers, and like you don't know what type of player you're getting. Like you don't know how they're gonna react uh, or how they're gonna be. Once they cut in the new setting, and he's made the best out of them. Look at Caleb and Cody. They were barely playing at North Carolina State. Jordan Caroline at Southern Illinois. And so it's interesting to see how Muss has built this team around transfers. And I think once we, well, since we already have our core of transfers, now comes the recruiting. We got Jordan Brown. We're on the radar for some other five-star prospects. So I think it'll be interesting to see, as we go down the line, if Nevada season is really good. I think recruiting will benefit as well. Yeah, I think recruiting, I mean, especially from now, is huge. I mean, to build his team, he used transfers. He used it as like a little transfer market. He used transfers from other uh, colleges. But now that we've gotten that recognition and we've become that top 10 school, now the recruiting really starts to play into effect. Um, I mean, like you said, Garrett, we had 
Jordan Brown. That's a that's a five star prospect. McDonald's All American came here last or came here this year. Um, but now we are on the radar for 2019, 2020 prospects. I mean, there's been multiple five star recruits that have us in their you know final four. They have us in their final seven, and which is huge to even be named against these other top schools who are trying to fight for these players. Um, you know, we're I know we're gonna touch on media day a little bit later, but Jordan Brown even said. The, a really, really, really big part of him coming to Nevada was their Sweet 16 run last year. And if we can continue to um, make deep runs in the tournament, that just puts our program on the map even more, and that brings even more recruits in, which can ultimately only help our team. Yeah, and I think it was interesting to see uh, what what people said at Media Day. Like, I think like they were living up to the hype, and – it's easy to get carried away with the hype. Like your team's good. Your team was the comeback season, comeback kids of the NCAA tournament, and you returned what three out of five starters with a chance and with with getting more and more talent. Yeah, I get the hype is there, but sometimes like you need like a tune up game, and it just happens that we our tune up game, our first tune up game was against the twenty fifth ranked Washington Huskies. Now we can't say the same as for our second tune-up game, which is uh, which is uh, this Friday. It is the throwback game against San Francisco State. So I think I think Musk will be a little bit less worried about competition because San Francisco State is not a good of a team. But I think this is still something that Nevada can't overlook their opponent. Like you look at last year, we lost the University of San Francisco in a game we should have won in Vegas. So it, it's. You gotta like keep your head straight and focus on the next game and focus on winning. Yeah, definitely. I think um, this first game against Washington was probably like a shot in our gut, you know, a reality check. Um, the San Francisco game should be more of you know a gimme game to build up our confidence going into the BYU game. But at the same time, we do also have to play our game. We can't sink down to their level. So it is a little bit of a game, you know, still figuring out who we are before the start of the season. But after playing this first game, we should have more of a clue of what we're doing. And hopefully this is, could be the confidence booster that we need before we play BYU and start the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm really excited for Friday's scrimmage. I understand, You know, we're playing San Francisco State, okay? But after Sunday, I know that the team's going to come out firing. I, I, You can guarantee that Muss has lit a fire and um, because he was definitely not happy for what he's seen on Sunday. Um, but I'm excited to see the, the, the level of intensity that the guys are going to bring out on Friday. Um, it is against San Francisco State. It's more of a gimme for sure. They're nowhere near the caliber of Washington. But, um, you know, you can't take any game lightly. This is our last exhibition game before going into the season. So, um, you know, the, the Wolfpack has, has to come and show out for sure. They have to come and uh, perfect their craft before heading into the season. Before we wrap up, uh, here are a few clips from Media Day. We have Trey Porter uh, with a very funny clip. Uh, we have Cody Martin talking about what offseason things he improvements and Jordan Brown talking about his relationship with Muss and when it came to recruiting. It was great, you know. I mean, that's all I do. You know, that's all I do is win. You know, I come from a winning culture. You know, I've been winning my whole life, so it was easy. I knew, I knew it. You know, people people doubted us, but I knew it. I knew we were gonna win the whole time. Biggest thing for me is just my shot. Uh, 
just working on my rotation, um, being a more consistent three-point shooter. And um, I've seen big strides in myself over the summer and just um, before, the, you know, even till this point now. So um, that's something I continue to work on and um, just have and my teammates and have a lot of confidence in me shooting that shot as well as my coaches. So. Uh, honestly, yeah, just being able to uh, – because he was one of the first coaches I really grew a relationship with. So when they came down for that time for commitment, he felt he felt like someone I could really trust. So. But – uh, let's talk about media day real quick before before we wrap up. What was it like experiencing that atmosphere, Austin? Because it, it was your first time. Me, me and Jordan have been for the past three years, I think. Yeah, three. This is a third. This was my third media day. Uh, just give me your overall thoughts. Yeah, it was. I was super excited to go into media day. I had no idea what to expect. Um, it was it was really cool how they set it up, but. Um, I think the players had a level of like confidence and maturity that was really uh, impressive. You know, every single person we talked to was able to just talk for a long time about the season and what they kind of expected. Uh, we also have some some comics, some comedians in the in, on the team. They're a really funny group, but you know, everyone seemed really business oriented, business first, ready to uh, ready to come talk. I think. It was really interesting to see what the twins had to say about the um, recruit or the uh, NBA draft process, uh, process, their prospects being in the combine, and um, it was just really, really interesting overall. It was a fun experience. Yeah, we hope we hope you guys enjoyed the clip, and uh, that is all the time we have for today's show. We hope you guys do enjoy. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Pack Center NV for all the latest updates. Uh, we will be live tweeting the game. Uh, Saturday, San Diego State. And with that being said, we will see you guys next week.